All right, Coach. Very excited about today's topic. But first, mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce myself. Um, my name is Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Owl Limited Company. And, um, you know, I have decided that I thrive in solving problems. I love it, Coach. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's uh, a business problem, a person problem, a inward reality problem. I like solving problems because, you know, um, I was saying the other day in the book of Daniel, it says he was full of wisdom. And I looked up that word and it was, a, it's, it's the word for hip. And I was like, why on, it's like two words. One is hip. And I'm like, why would wisdom be hip? You know, like HIP hip. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next word meant tangled or constricted. And so what I realized is what he operated in was any entanglement, restriction, limitation that, you know, if you have that in your hip, it can hurt. It messes with your walking. It's an untangling of that so you can have forward motion. And coach, that's what we do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that good? wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful right there. So I'm just going to like, um, uh, uh, attach my Velcro to that, right? <laughs> Say, hey, look, I'm Greg McNeil, Coach G, Coach Greg McNeil, um, licensed clinician, PhD candidate and systems thinker. And um, Sherry and I have a very similar mission, and that what brings us together. Our goal is to help you to live your best life by being untangled, unconstricted, Right. Yes. Um, fear less. Yes. And engaging in the this life that you desire to live. Absolutely. I've got to make a correction, Coach. That one of our listeners pointed out when I was referring to Dr. Carolyn Leaf in a past episode. Um, her role and title in um the type of work that we do. I said neurosurgeon. She is not a neurosurgeon. She's a neuro scientist. So I wanted to make sure I couldn't, I couldn't grab the, what is the word? What is it that she does? And so I think I just threw out surgeon and then she's like, she's not a surgeon. So I want to do that correction. Coach, I have a a weird question and it keeps popping up. (laughs) Do you, do you have a tattoo? I do. I was wondering, have I ever seen the tattoo or am I like, I don't remember ever seeing the tattoo, but I'm like, Coach Greg has to have a tattoo with that goatee and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. I don't know why I didn't blow out the eardrums of the listener. <laughs> it's random. Uh, funny, she said, he's got that goatee work. working like that. That man has a tattoo. <laughs> That's uh, funny. So we're not going to start with any lying here. Um <laughs> So, yeah, you know, like um, truth telling is the first step to healing, right? Yes. So, yes, I do. But you probably have not seen it because it's in the upper um, part of my peck right here. Well, you know, yeah, Mike, he has a bodacious, you know, goatee, but he's still got he's got virgin skin. He's like a canvas waiting to be written on. And, uh, but I thought, I bet coach has a tattoo. He has to have a tattoo. I'm going to get a new one right here. And, um, Uh I found, uh, one of the cards that my 
dad, you know, would give me for Christmas and he had signed it Nubbin and that was my nickname, but he misspelled it. He put two B's. It's just one. But anyway, I'm going to take a hit for the team coach. I'm not going to be OCD-ish about that, but I'm going to have them trace that and put it on my wrist. So I'm going to get my second tap. But anyway, you know, the other day I was with a client. She always wears her hair up. And I almost asked her in the session, do you ever let your hair down? And then I thought, man, that might be an awkward, you know, question. So I refrained myself. But coach, we're friends. I thought I'd just throw that that question out there. Hey, you know what? If you want to know something, you had better ask. Because <laughs> you will get an answer, right? You know, because that's the learning process. It is. And, uh, and yes, I mean, I, I do. And, um, and I would probably say by the time the spring gets here, um, this thing is going to be even longer. Like right now it's a little soft steel, yeah. but far from now when I brush it, then it'll go. Whoop, yep. You know? Yep. He's referring to his goatee, it's, not it's, his tattoo guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for his goatee. And, um, but yes, I do. <laughs> well, coach, so the topic that I thought was phenomenal was I got it from uh, a good friend of mine, and it was, I chuckled when I got it because it was like a random, like it was out of nowhere. I had just gotten off a Zoom uh, meeting with her to show her some computer stuff, and she's like, How do you have fun? How can I have more fun? And I'm like, you know, Sherry Fun Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, fun follows mm -hmm. me everywhere. So I was trying to dissect because I do think there are specific things, intentional things that you can do. And we're not re necessarily referring to how to be happy. It's how to have fun. And... I also feel that there are uh, certain personalities that are less prone or they have, and I'm curious what you think, or they have been raised in a home where fun just wasn't there, whether the parents were more serious in nature, more businesslike in nature, or maybe there was like some trauma and things like that. And uh, so in my family, I was raised with a lot of laughter, even though there was a lot of you know, guns, knives, and drugs, and alcohol as a kid. But when I when things weren't nuts and cops showing up at the door, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of laughter and laughing at ourselves when we did, you know, silly things. So, what mm -hmm. do you think? Is there a predisposition? Is it learned? Is it both? What do you think about when some people seem to have more fun versus others? So. I mean, I think everything you said is applicable, right? A um, couple of things come to my mind when we talk about having more fun. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is what is the person's worldview, right? Because okay. that has a, that has a huge impact. You talked about it, like how they have been raised, right? Mm -hmm. That has how they have been raised, their conditioning, right? That has, and, you know, that kind of like helps to form a worldview on how they're looking at the world. So, you know, depending on that upbringing, conditioning, and that worldview is like, 
like, look, we don't have time for fun. This is what we do, right? You know, we yes. put our hands to the plow and that's what we do, right? And then, you know, the other one is like, okay, well, what is your paradigm? What is your 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 thinking construction by which you go about living your life, right? How do you do that, right? So if you if you have this type of uh, mental and emotional framework, then what you identify or think about as fun is going to be really guided by that particular form of thinking, mm -hmm. right? So th those are really important questions. So for instance, um, the person that's in church on Sunday and then Wednesday evening, right? They have a different idea of fun versus the person that doesn't go to a church at all, mm -hmm. right? And those are just activities, right? But But we're also saying things that help form a mental picture on how you look at the world, right? Yeah. So that would be the first thing. Like, where are you coming from when you say fun? What does fun look like for you, right? What is that? That's a good question, Coach, because, you know, people could immediately take it to an activity. But I've, to me, fun is actually an internal uh, state of lightheartedness. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it could be different for other people, but... One of the things that kept coming to my mind when I was pondering this question over the last couple of days is, and I don't even know if I was taught this or if I just saw it demonstrated in my family. And, and by the way, I don't think trauma really has much to do with it. I think it can dampen it, but I've been through a lot of trauma. I know other people that have been through a lot of trauma and they still are lighthearted and know how to have fun. Um... And even like my uh, husband, he's a C personality. They tend to be very serious and um, introspective, yet he is extremely funny and witty and knows how to have fun. So I I think like um, maybe it was demonstrated to not take life so serious. You know what I mean? Like that was a worldview. So that'd be what you're talking about, huh? That's exactly right, you know, because that because uh, that sets the stage, you know, that really sets the stage. Um, I like to solve problems, right? Um, you know, I, I feel like my worldview is I am here to do my part to make the world a better place to live and, and enjoy and all of that. That's the first step, right? Yeah. And in doing that, then of course, I'm opened up, right, to other things because it brings me into contact with different people. I have to be what we call construct aware. I have to be aware that people have different constructs, worldviews, paradigms, and to be able to seamlessly navigate um, through all of that so that we can find a connection. Again, how can I help this person to do what they want to do? And in the process where we intersect, we get to do something really, really great. They come away with an enriched experience. I come away with an enriched experience. And then I get up and then I go and run and do the other things that I like to do, which we call fun. But it starts with I am required to give the world something first. That's why I'm here on the planet, right? Mm. And then after I've done that, 
I'll run off and do whatever the hell I'm going to do. Coach, I think, you, I think you hit something, though, that hit me. So you are doing the work that you've been born to do. So you're serving others at a high level of excellence. Could we say that if people do not feel fulfilled and that they are doing the work that they were born for and they're taking satisfaction and that effort, that that could actually skew things where almost like a hamster in a wheel, you're pursuing tasks, you're pursuing to-do lists, you're pursuing all these things because you're trying to get fulfilled in the work that you do, and yet you're actually smothering fun and lightheartedness and enjoying life. Could there be a tie to that? Well, um you could tie anything together, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it necessarily fits, but you could tie it, right? You could you could force a square peg into a round pole it, hole. It might not look good, but you can shove it in there. Yeah. But I would say that performing a task that you feel like you were born to do doesn't negate the ability to be able to enjoy oneself and have what we call fun, right? Okay. Because then we run into something called balance, right? Because if if you're in that hamster wheel paradigm, um, you're not, you might be busy, you might be getting a lot of tasks done, but I would not go so far as to say that you're actually fulfilling your mission on the planet because there's going to be something that's off in that process. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like it's off and that can hamper your ability to enjoy life on that level. Yeah. So then I would say that if you're, if you are hampered, then that means that you have to go back and look at the world's view, right? Okay. You need to go back and take a look at that. You need to go back and take a look at what your paradigms are, because if you're in if you're in that kind of situation, something is missing that you probably don't see. So and it's that, kind of like, that, it, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say there's something in that system of thinking that's probably not um, that that individual is not aware of this happening to them in that and in, in whatever it is that they're doing. So shifting um, to a place where you do feel that you're you're having fun, which I have several ideas I wanted to throw at you in a, a bit, but you've got to start with the worldview. So that to me, that means you take a pen, you take a piece of paper, you sit down, and you start examining any worldview or thoughts, paradigms that are opposed maybe to fun or that maybe how fun's been defined or all of those things. Like you got to start asking some questions and examining your thoughts. That's exactly right. Because I mean, just so in business language, we say you plan to, you, you plan for success or you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in, in that sense, then it's like, what is it that you are really after? So, mm. What's coming to my mind right now is like a relationship. Um, I'm thinking of relationship. This person has this has one worldview and paradigm that's very limiting, right? Yeah. 
and yet they are riddled with anxiety and maybe some depression and and low-grade anger, right? Because they really want something else. And they might be in a conversation with somebody that could turn their lives around in terms of what they could bring to them. Yeah. But they are not able to recognize it because they are immersed in a form of thinking and a construct construction that doesn't allow them to see whatever that benefit is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so you have to, to me, I would say you have to be really, really careful about that because sometimes they can be trapped in their own mirror. Right. Yeah. Because that's all they see. They can they can literally be trapped. So that person is working 70, 80 hours a week, a week, not, you know, every two weeks. Right. They're just slamming it and they may be, you know, achieving income. Right. Yeah. But the rest of their life is not working. It's just not working for that person. And their relationships aren't working. Their relationships with their employees aren't working. And yet they're making money and they can't really see with the way that they're currently thinking, they can't see how they change that process, right? Yeah. Well, they're in a worldview and a paradigm that they haven't really thought to assess outside of, I need to make this cash, yeah. right? Um, and so they can miss some things. They can miss why they're here, right? Just like um, there was at one point when it wasn't about whether or not if you had a, a dollar bill, you might've been trading stones. You might've been trading labor. You might've been trade trading um, eggs or uh, meat, or it could have been anything that you were engaged in. But, you know, when you, the further you go back, you, you recognize that, time was looked at very differently. So um, what we valued, um, let's say, is more concrete. It's not as abstract as it is right now. I like that, Coach. Um, so, because I'm, I'm taking notes, if you're wondering why I'm on my phone. Oh, I figured you were. So what I hear is first, define what fun looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And then... From there, examined worldview, mindsets, et cetera, that are in conflict with that. Okay, so here's my next question on what you were talking about, because the scenario you just described is very interesting in as it pertains to the person who asked the question. Mm-hmm. So here's my, and you have no idea. I didn't give you any details. So can you have fun if you're if you're with someone or surrounded by someone that's just not good for you and toxic. Good well, one, know, huh? On that's surface, deep. On the surface, on the surface, that's an easy question for me to answer. <laughs> but again, is it a hell no I coach? Did, <laughs> so before I even go there, the first thing I would say is, Step one is recognize how your worldview and paradigm causes you to be in a relationship that's unfulfilling in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the first place that I would start, right? Because that's the trap. Because I can tell you right now, 
Um, I can think that I'm a pretty strong person in the mind, in the body. But if I am tied to an elephant and it's going this way and I'm trying to go this way, right? Because my fun is in an opposite direction. Guess what? That's not happening. I'm going to wind up in another county someplace uh, against my emotional, psychological, and physical will because I'm tied to a structure, a form of thinking that's really interfering with what I'm attempting to do. Yeah. So the question, I would say that the person that asked that question already knows it, right? Yeah. But, I'm, but I would just say. Well, that was my that, question. I'm not married to anybody toxic coach, but I do know the backstory and that when you were talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? So I'm saying. It's like, so I would say, no, you know, what's the question again? Can you have fun if you're with someone that is not good for you or is toxic? I I think you can maybe have glimpses of it when you're around people that know how to have fun. But other than that, life will probably be pretty unfun. Yeah, it's it's also going to be chaotic because it's sort of like, ooh, okay, I'm going to go here with that, right? Okay. okay, so respectfully, um, you can be in a relationship with somebody and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, relationship is not working. But every now and then you have sexual relationships with each other mm-hmm. and then things kind of calm down a little bit. Then three later, you're back to the same spot and then you get into that type of cycle. So... Now, I'm going to say when I think of fun, enjoyment, I think of sustainability. Okay. Right? And what I mean by that is I'm not suggesting that there is not cycles within relationships, just like there's cycles within individuals going from a baby to a kid to a teenager to an adult and so on and so forth, right? All of these things exist And they have the circumstances and dynamics that go along with that, right? Yes. But if you are connected to what it is that you do and you say, I love what I do, there should be a sense about you that no matter what's happening, um, you feel good. Yeah. So I could say I have a tremendous amount of academic work that I'm required to do just like, wow, it's like, like a snowstorm, an avalanche. But I take that on willingly, right? Because it is, it fits into the worldview that I described at the beginning. Yeah. And because of that, it's always going to work for me because I am not out of sync with what I'm doing. Mm. It is a part of a process that expands my work, right? So in that sense, then it's fine. But if I'm under that same kind of academic load and I'm in a relationship with someone that I am not really comfortable with, now that same academic um, challenge, let's say, that I have, it feels much bigger now, right? And it can almost feel burdensome to me because now, all of a sudden, when I when I link it up with something that's not quite work, working for me, then I have elements in my life 
that are incompatible with each other. Mm. Coach, I just, I'm, I am definitely hearing a deeper message. Like when you were talking, I wrote this down or typed it in. Fun requires being in sync. It does. Whether you're in sync with yourself, you're in sync with, you know, your life purpose or the work that you do. Like, for example, work for me is fun. I absolutely love it. Um, being married and to Mike. kind of looks good, too. You know, I, let me just start this real quick. When, you know, I said, oh, Sherry posted something. And I look at the picture and I see the smile that I see a smile on your face. I don't see a portrait smile i see a smile on your face a real one and there's a dip there that's right yeah okay yeah um i am in sync with my husband so marriage is fun i'm in sync with money that making it's fun uh i mean like my faith i'm in sync like my whole life feels fun even though it's not without challenge so i would say that what i hear you saying is anything that is not aligned can really turn what would normally be fulfilling and fun into a task, into a burden that drains. And so that could maybe be part of the process of examination of what can you either shift or get rid of that is not in sync. Not saying that everything has to be perfect, just that there does need to be a measure of alignment would that be an accurate statement? Absolutely. And so for, for your listeners that are um, um, in the scriptures, um, searching daily to see what those things are true, one of the things that they'll read is don't be unequally yoked, right? Yeah. Don't be unequally yoked to a worldview or paradigm that doesn't fit you, right? And certainly you don't want to be unequally yoked in a relationship with someone that is not aligned with you. You weren't born for that, right? And that's not a testimony of your faith that you can drag an elephant from one county to the next county to prove that you are dedicated, right? You know, that, that ain't where it is. I don't care if the elephant is on skates. You <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like, I'm just, you know, or um, Sisyphus is pulling, pushing that rock up the hill, right? This is what I'm meant to do in my life, right? And then somebody comes along and says, you know, that wasn't really required of you. Yeah. And they're like, mm -hmm. well, what do you mean? It's like, you missed the point. You know, you missed the point. Faithfulness is joy and dedication and work and effort and all that, you missed a point, right? Yeah. That's why you feel like you're under a burden. The minute your psyche goes into a negative spot, you are, that's your first clue that you're out of sync. I want to clear your first clue. I want to clarify the difference between fun and joy because joy, um, in the Greek is anything from a calm, calm delight to a hilarity. And I am a huge proponent that joy is cultivated internally and that external factors uh, do not negate the ability to stay in joy. You know, so it's like, um, for example, you know, my dad dying, even though there was tremendous grief, there was still joy uh, that I could tap into. Fun, on the other hand, to me, um, 
is just those times, man, I mean, again, lightheartedness, but I also keep thinking of the word coach of being in the zone because you are synced up and aligned with your purpose and the right people. Well, I don't even separate the two, right? I mean, I don't separate the two because they, they are all connected. They might have a different expression. Like you say, oh, I, um, I engaged in an activity and that was fun. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was a fun activity. That I, but in order for me to, to, to do that, I had to go from one mental state into an activity that allowed me to be able to uh, enjoy that or have fun and whatever that experience was. Right. You see what okay. I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they flow for me, they flow into each other. So I, this is me. Um, when I think about fun, fun is, doesn't negate that there are requirements in my life for things that, that I need to get done. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fun learning about systems thinking. Right. Um, but at the same time, there is work that I have to do to learn to work with the tools as I incorporate it. Right. Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. Right. But there's different levels of attention, um, responsibility, if you will, that's involved in that. Um, so again, your mindset, excuse me, is going to have a lot to do um, with how you look at it. And I think sometimes um, fun is the word that's associated with, I need to get away from something. Mm-hmm. I need to go have, I need to go have fun. But your worldview, again, this is why we have to come back to that. Your worldview and the paradigms that you have set up that construct or frame your life have, they impact all of that, right? So they impact what your experience is. So if you feel like you're you're under a burden and you need to go have fun, boy, that mindset is going to go with you no matter where you go. So you could be in an activity where you think you're having fun, but you're still in the same frame of thinking. Thought being the first action. So... If you think about like, what if your lack of having fun is actually just centered in the mindset and how you're viewing stuff? If, if I have a bad mindset, work is no longer fun. And, and that's really important to understand that it starts with your thinking and your worldview. All right. So I have questions just a couple uh, to finish off with. Okay. Um, with all that being said, what are some practical things people can do to start cultivating fun? Because I'm really strong uh, on, you know, fun and happiness being intentional. So I had a couple ideas. Um, dad jokes. Read a dad joke a day. Get that little chuckle. You know, add it to your morning routine. You know, something that gets you, you know, maybe funny cat or dog or baby videos. You know, just a few seconds of something lighthearted. And then hobbies, I think, can be really important, being very intentional about hobbies. But those are some of the ideas I had because when I was sick, life was not fun. And so I would intentionally read, like, jokes, watch comedies, 
you know, anything where I could get a laugh, you know, laughter going because I needed it. Plus it releases endorphins for pain and things like that. What, what, what are some things that come to your mind coach that people can start doing now while they work on the worldview and the heavy stuff? Okay. So now, now this is interesting because now you come around to your ad with a particular mindset and worldview, right? That would be me. Mm-hmm. So I'm the guy that says, um, I have to do the heavy lifting, right? Um, because that's the starting point. But heavy list, heavy lifting then is a concept. It doesn't have to be heavy, but I use it as opposed to like, I'm not likely to add joke, right? Or I'm not likely to start with a hobby, not me, right? Although I think those things are important. It's not either or, in coach. In terms of. No, no, it's not either or. I'm exactly. just saying, you know, it, as it, you go. It, it, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So for me, let's just say one, um, what kind of relationship are you in, Right. That's mm-hmm. the first step for me. Mm-hmm. What kind of relationship are you in with yourself? Number one, what type of relationship are you in, in terms of relationships to other people that are around you? Right. Yeah. Because that's a really big piece. Right. So, you, you know, because I like the, the idea of being able to sustain what I'm doing. Right. Because that, that is what really determines the quality of the life that we're living, right? Is the ability to sustain it. So they may not hear it in you in what you just described about your life, what you do, your husband's life and all these other kinds of things that you're doing that brings joy. And they're also fun because things are synced up, but that's a process that is sustainable, right? You've been doing it for years and decades, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to put some things in place in order for it to occur. Your husband is a part of that process, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying, because if not, then that would be an element that you would have to remove from from your description. You see what I'm saying? And not with a nine mil, just so everybody knows, you know, that there's other ways of dealing with relationship issues. Let's not get on my true crime podcast. Yeah, so I'm going to say like one, Step one for me is like, you know, what kind of relationship do you have to yourself? What kind of relationship are you in? Right. Mm. Yes. Um, rectify that right off the bat. Cause that's step one, because those two things affect anything else that you're doing. Coach. You got a negative, you got a negative mindset or worldview. I don't care if you got, you can have a book of dead jokes stacked up in front of you and you're not going to read a damn one of them right you know the picture that you're describing it's so i'm dare i use the word prophetic okay when me and mike have talked about our marriage and how happy because we're about to celebrate 30 years coach 30 years right okay before you go for it i want to say something because this gets lost on people 30 years is a lot of freaking moments. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, don't look at a timeline. Look at 
all of those moments. Look at all of the, you can't even comprehend all the thoughts you've been thinking for over the years. Mm -mm. Yes. You couldn't do it. You know, you couldn't do it. You'd fill up, you'd fill up probably 10 super Walmarts if all of the thoughts you had over a 30 year marriage period were the size of a tissue box. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so those moments in that 30 years are big. And I just want to say that sometimes you can say, yeah, I've been married for 30 years. It's like, no, 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 no. What you have been, you've been in a relationship with, for 30 years with the person and you've had trillions of moments that led to you saying, I've been married for 30 years to a man that I am sub with. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the message that they really want to hear. When they look at you, they say, ooh, that woman is happy. Now that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in. Well, and one of the things, you know, talking about moments is we both agreed, like when we look back at how jacked we were when we first got married and all of those things, um, and we're probably still jacked. We just don't know it. But we've had fun in the process. Is there is no way we could have been married to each other if we did not have a sense of humor. So when you were talking, I was thinking about the individual that asked a question. I'm like, man, you know, when I look at the relationship that she has with the other person, if she was to try to be like silly and fun and lighthearted, I think she would probably get a look like, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? What is this? And that will put a huge damper on fun. You know what I mean? And so when you were talking, Coach, I was like, man, you just cannot get around the people you are with. And you either need to surround yourself with people that like to have fun, uh, just as, I don't know, a relief, or like you said, see who and what is incompatible and then take the necessary steps, you know, according to what you, you are feeling in, in the, the goals and things that you have. Yeah. So I just think that it's important to remember that everything is, is in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no such thing as something being separate from everything is in relationship to something else. Right. So um, one of the biggest um, I, I, waste would not be the word, but demands on your time, your energy, your sense of well-being is your relationships um they they impact you so heavily and uh, um and if you are in a relationship and it is not delivering to you what you desire i'm going to say there are no rewards for you to stay in an unfulfilling relationship going up and down um, cyclical in a way that is not, you know, satisfying for you. There is no reward for you to stay in that relationship um, and miss all of that opportunity to enjoy yourself at the level that you need to enjoy. And, um, and 
examine your worldview and your paradigm so you can get out of that trap because um, if you don't, then you you're in trouble, right? You're in you're in I'm gonna say you're in spiritual trouble, meaning that you're killing yourself um and you don't know it because of the way that you're thinking yeah. right um i think when i was in we were in clovis i was in clovis steel and uh, in one of our um coaching intensive and i said you know women are born to springtime you know and and um and if she's suddenly facing the winter of her life then that means that she's in a situation that's killing her yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, think about that. So um, I call my dog. Hey, he's got great ears. Once he hears me, it's like he's coming running. Right. If he's not coming to run, coming to me, I'm going to him. Right. Well, guess what? If you're in a relationship with somebody and you you say something to him once or twice and you're still not getting it, you don't need to say it 50 times. Yeah. hundred percent. Your worldview is. Yeah, because their worldview is clear to you at that point that it's not compatible with you. And, they, you know, it's like you either get on board with them or you're just an unhappy person. Coach, I think that's a great place to um, end. And on the note of the dad jokes, I have a couple for you. Oh. <laughs> Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth and then it's a soap opera. Okay, that's corny, but it's good. One more. That means you're really singing pretty loud if, if that soap is getting in your mouth. If April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. Then again. If April showers bring Mayflowers, then what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> You know, my mom and sister, if we do Zoom on our true crime, they'll be like, I'll be, hang on, hang on, I got to do my dad jokes. And they're like, oh, I mean, they just, their reaction is visceral. And I'm like, what? You know what? My reaction to my own jokes should be enough for you to laugh. Don't you agree, coach? And you know, hey, and this is interesting. You have a worldview that doesn't appreciate good humor you can miss something like that mm -hmm. and this is and i think this is the whole point that we're saying your worldview can cause you to drive a hundred miles stretch on the highway and not see a damn thing that's around you yep you know what i'm saying yep you're driving down the road and all of those things that passed your mind that you that passed that you passed, your subconscious might have picked it up, but you didn't connect to anything on that road. Driving down here, obsessing over something or whatever that is, right? And it's like the trap we have to get out of. It goes back to stop and smelling the roses, because yeah. when you're in uh, that type of mindset and worldview, you miss the beauty that's around you if you're not careful. You do, Sherry, you do. And, and that is the greatest regret that most people have. Yeah. That they missed that opportunity. So I want to make an announcement. Um, our coaching intensive, so for those of you that have already let me know that you're going to attend or are, you're interested, will start February 16th. 
we're looking at either 8 or 9 a.m. So I will get that information out, get the email out and all that. Um, I highly, highly recommend. It's been um, quite a while, almost a, a year since we've done uh, our intensive and uh, still seeing great fruit from that in, in our students. And then uh, if you have a topic like uh, this person, you know, had that great question. It was a wonderful question. Um, you know, contact information is in the show notes. Please leave a five star that we can keep uh, building momentum with our podcast. Do you have anything you want to end us with, Coach? Yeah, I'll just say that the, the great attending um, our coaching intensive right now is that you get a chance to work with people that have continued to grow and. So we're always in the space of service. It's just a part, a part of our growth and development, right? Yeah. And so that's what we've done. So we get to bring something to you um, that's going to benefit you. So it's trust me, it's worth it. Yeah. It is. It is worth your time. It is worth any resource that you're going to spend if you are intending to do something that you've never done before. I like the word invest. It is a hundred percent investment and the stuff that you learn mm-hmm. and the experience that you have will go out into all areas of life, whether it's professional, personal, or money. If you, if you attend the intensive, you execute the tools. It is a long lasting, like you say, sustainable change versus attending a seminar or reading a book and then it's just another thing that you've added to your collection yeah uh, this is this is it's gold it's 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 the type of gold that um is priceless mm-hmm. right it, you know something inside of you um it's not something that you acquire out of state for a Future day is a goal that allows you to have the experiences that can only occur in the moment. That's good, coach. We'll end right there.